morning, Faith Promise. How you guys doing? <clears throat> wow, what rock and worship. Welcome to all of our campuses. And God is up to something blunt. Welcome you guys out there to your second service this morning and to Campbell and Anderson and North Knoxville and Internet Campus just celebrated six years in existence. And so, man, God is up to something. Welcome. Well, we're celebrating last weekend. Was last weekend not the most awesome thing that you have ever experienced? I've had people tell me I've been going to church for decades. And last weekend, the service that they went said was the most powerful service I've ever been to. Seeing people jump to their feet to give their heart to Jesus. Seeing people, man, from at every campus, people leaping up. In our early service at Pellissippi, it was three young ladies, early 20s. You could come in. They were decked to the nines for Easter. Dresses, hair, probably guests. And uh, <laughs> did I... Did that come out? Is that out loud? And, and I saw them when they came in, you know, and, and when I gave the invitation, all three, boom, they jumped up, man. Sat back down, gave the baptism message, boom, they went back and someone said, listen, those three ladies who put their hair under that water, they got all of Jesus, let me tell you. So it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. 325 baptisms. Amen. And tons more. In this service, six or seven, in the earlier service, and last night, and Blunt's back, and just all around, it is, it's unbelievable. So proud of every one of our campuses. It just, just took it everything to a whole new level. And let me just say, I don't, I don't, I don't brag on Michelle often because she's my wife, and that, that feels like nepotism, but let me tell you, she killed it last weekend. The worship team, worship leaders, she is Awesome, awesome, and I get to sleep with her every night, man. So, uh, just wow, what a blessing. Micah, who, who I told Mike about six months ago, he's over our creative team now. I said, Micah, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do a message in Easter called "He Took My Place." So I'm gonna use Barabbas. So I want you to go write the script, get the creative team together. People thought we we had a professional team, or we bought that footage we used Easter. That was our team. Our people, our writers, our videographers, man, we are so blessed, so blessed across the board. And man, this, this, the, the best presentation of the gospel that, that many people have ever seen. And so it was off the chart. Our staff just worked, you know, around the clock. Our volunteers, many served over and over and over. We watched volunteers bring volunteers pizza and Chick-fil-A. Volunteers were serving volunteers and our ushers, man, you know, and we, we found out last weekend at Pellissippi just what we can do in the last service. It wasn't an empty parking space, 40 cars were on the grass, everything was jam-packed everywhere. Our ushers, our parking lot team, except for that night at Storm, you were on your own that night. But besides that, our parking lot team, you know, ushers, greeters, the last service at Pellissippi, 82 baptisms in one service. <laughs> counselors, our baptism counselors, again, were just unbelievable. Our kids' ministry was, was off the chart, uh, and you guys invited, and you guys brought. We, we worked as a team. Now, let me tell you what I learned in Easter last weekend. Are y'all ready? If you're, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. We have so much more. It is unbelievable in us. We have so much more. It is off the chart. 
what God can do. There are so many gifts in this building that haven't been, that are not being used yet. Last weekend at Pellissippi alone, 520 slots for volunteers in the kids' ministry alone. Filled every slot. Filled every slot. Every slot. Man, well, there are some of you that have been and you're sitting and you're not using what God has given you. I want to challenge you. We have just scratched the surface in, in gifts, in giving, in serving, in bringing. You know, listen, in a couple years, 14,500 won't be Easter. It'll be normal. Are y'all with me? Man, come on. Wow. Wow. Thousands, I mean, th- hundreds of people saved. Hundreds of people saved. Let me, let me just challenge you to pray for one thing with me, if you would. Protection of the seed that was sown. Because Satan's a seed stealer. And that's many of your families, many of your friends. And so I want to challenge you, man. Be, pray, that, pray that God will protect the seed. Amen? And so I, now, now let me say one thing. I, I gave you a challenge two weeks ago that I needed y'all to help me preach, right? Y'all remember that? We talked about having service, all that kind of stuff. There was one story a, a lady in our small group told me uh, Wednesday night. She said, I was sitting in one of the services, and there was a mother and what looked to be her young adult son beside her. And she said it was obvious that the Lord was moving on this guy. Are you with me? She's sitting, she's, she's watching it all. On one side of this young man who God is dealing with is a screaming child. And you could think I mean all you want to. Here's a guy whose soul was hanging between heaven and hell. If you bring your kid in and your kid cries, just take it out. Take it out. Just roll it down the aisle. I did it to my kids. They turned out somewhat normal. And so behind this young man was a drunk woman. And I don't mean drunk on the spirit. I mean drunk in the spirits. Are you with me? Now, I'm glad she felt welcome. But here's a drunk woman making all this noise. Here's a kid crying. And I said, on account three, stand up. That young man stood up and gave his heart to Jesus. Now... A story has a great ending. It has a great ending, but it may not have. So, so you know, we just we are we're at war every time we meet together, for souls and lives and hearts and families. Man, the the what weighs in the balance is so enormous that it's that it's just it's it's incalculable. So, you know, let's let's be careful. And one other just thought: listen, you guys did great, but y'all didn't help me preach much. And that was a very, it's, it's easy to preach to y'all normally because you help me preach. Even the, eight, even the 845 crowd helps. Shocking, they're up and alive and alert, but they are. But there were so many of, there was so, we were so diffused last weekend. You know what I'm talking about? For every faith promise person, there was another person. And so what many of y'all did instead of amen and cheering, you were surrounded, you, amen, I Because you felt it because the people around you are not used to that. That's when you need to lean in. Are you with me? So I was trying to lean in and trying to, trying to elicit some, you know, because I need a little encouragement. Because now, I, you know, are you with me? So they're just, now, <laughs> you can ask Michelle. I'm pretty secure in my identity in Jesus. 
feel good about that. But every now and then I'm preaching one, and am I connecting? Are they alive out there? And when there's almost 2,000 people on that, and, and, and folks are sort of deadpan, it's really hard. So I just want to challenge you. You do your part, I'll do my part, all right? When it's, when it's a message, it's a give and take. And even if you're outnumbered, amen. Man, even, you know, come on, preacher. Come on, what? Uh, come on, preacher. Amen. That's good. Turn to your neighbor and say, that preacher is good. Go ahead. Just go ahead. Turn to him. I'll feel better. All right. Now, the <laughs> I love church. And so this new series that we're launching into is going to help everybody. But let me tell you, it is primo for new believers. It's going to be great for everybody. And so it's, a, it's an alignment where the topic of the weekend is the topic during groups, and you will miss so much if you're not involved with group. And so let me sort of set this up. Jesus inaugurated a better way. He inaugurated the new covenant out of the old covenant. And in Luke chapter 22, verse 20, Jesus said this. Let me tell you, Jesus inaugurated the new way with a meal. Don't y'all love meals? Listen, I ain't bulk. I ate boiled crawfish yesterday. I preached better last night. <laughs> and so, but the deal is, man, you, if you read the Old Testament, listen, God gave four week-long parties a year. Four. And then every week he gave a day off. Every seven years he gave a year off. I'm loving that. And so, what, so man, it's, we, we get together, we, we fellowship around the table. So Jesus is with his boys, and in the same way, he took the cup. After he had eaten, saying, this cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Now, let me tell you, Jesus has just eaten the Passover meal with his boys. Now, the Passover meal had already been eaten for about 1,500 years up until the point that Jesus is with the gang. Every Passover, they would celebrate and there would be four cups of wine on the table. Four cups of wine. Each cup represented a mega promise that God made his people. Each, so there are four cups, That's why, and there are four promises. Are you with me? Four promises that are just unbelievable. Now, this is what I want to tell you. If you will drink deeply in the next month from all four cups, if you will, if you, will, you, will be, you will be freed from your past. You'll be delivered from bondage. You will discover your purpose that God has for you, and you will launch into what Jesus called the abundant life. I came to give you life and to give it to you more to the fullest or more abundant. That's what it's all about. But you've got to drink of all four cups if you want to do that. Does that make sense? And so, it, so it's critical that we get it, that we walk in it, because it is God's will that we, that we walk in freedom, that we walk into, into liberty. Is everybody with me? Y'all there? I, can't, I hear you breathing. Y'all out there? All right, so, so here's the deal. We're going to, again, we're going we're gonna, to... We're going to come out of Exodus chapter 6. This is going to be our thesis for the next four weekends. God speaking to Moses, God said, Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am, now there are going to be four I wills. God said, Say to, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and, and, I, and what? I will. Deliver you from their bondage, and, 
also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments, then take you for my people and be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from underneath the burdens of the Egyptians. This was four mega promises represented by four cups of wine. Let me give the four promise let me give you the four promises because I'm just going to give these to you and then we'll give you the four cups. We're going to talk a little we're just introductory and then we're going to dive deeper. Number one, I will rescue you from bondage. We're all born into bondage. We're sold into slavery because of our sin and our sin nature. And God says, I will rescue you from bondage. Number two, I will deliver you from anything that's holding you back. How many of you, how many of you believe with 7,000 this weekend, we've got some people being held back by some junk in the trunk? All right, so that's the deal. I'll deliver you from everything. Number three, I will help you discover my plan. Not my plan, although I do have a plan for you. It's just not as good as his plan, my big M, my plan for you. Number four, I will make you a part of my family. Our thesis for this year is planted in the house of God. Those that are planted in the house of God will flourish like the cedars of Lebanon. They will flourish like the palm tree in the courts of our God. And when they are very old, they will still be full of green and very green and full of sap. And so we want to help people get planted. Now, the only way to experience the abundant life is to be planted in the house. John 10, 10. So what does the devil, the seed stealer, want to do? He wants to uproot everybody from the house. He wants to take us away from the house. Does that make sense? Because if you're in the house, you can flourish. Out of the house, you're not going to flourish. Only in America do we have these nomadic Christians who never connect with the body. You've got to be a part of the body, using your gifts within the body, experiencing other people's gifts in the body, for you to be all that God wants you to be. Does that make sense? And so, listen, one of the reasons the American church is growing more and more, is growing weaker and weaker, is because the the deal is that, some of y'all grew up in, how many of you grew up in church? Oh, my goodness, wow. When you grew up in church, uh, do you remember the days of Sunday school? Sunday morning? Training union, Sunday night, fellowship meal on Wednesday night. Good. Most people don't go to that, that, that much church now in a quarter of the year. That was every week. Y'all remember that? We changed. We've gotten, everything has changed around. We have one service a week and one small group a week. But the problem is, you used to go five times a week, and now people go twice a month. Are you with me? And so we are slowly, our roots are drying up because we're not, we're not planted in the house. You need to be every weekend. If you're not here, get on the internet campus. We have everything for you. And then we'll help you find a group so that you can grow deeper. First Corinthians, Paul said, chapter 2, verse 7 through 9, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom, which God predestined before the ages to our glory. He did it for us. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as is written, things which eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered in the mind of those who, uh, those who love God. And so the deal is, God's got this, this wonderful plan, this unbelievable deal that he wants to do, but most of us miss it. And let me tell you one of the reasons we miss it, because we live in a world full of promise breakers. So we, I, I, the other day, man, every now and then I'll cut the, the news on. I don't know why. And they're already on the presidential election next year. I wanted to roll the window down and heave on the side of the road. 
I'm just so not looking forward to that. Are y'all with me? I mean, listen, politician, that's a compound word. Poly means many, tick, which is a blood-sucking insect. (laughs) And so the deal is, listen, do you know, do you know, not many years ago in the Congress, the United States, they tried to pass a law that congressmen couldn't lie on the floor and it failed? It failed. They wouldn't even vote that they had to tell the truth. No wonder they break all their political promises. I don't care if it's a donkey. I don't care if it's an elephant. I don't care if it's independent. They all lie to get power. Are you with me? So we live in a world where we're promised everything and we don't get much. Are y'all with me? Then, then many of us, we walk down in front of a preacher. We made some promises that we're going to love, honor, and cherish one another till death do us part. And holding unto you. And somebody broke that promise and broke that vow. And now that, that, that family is dissolved. Are you with me? And then many of us went to work for companies or people who said, if you'll do X, Y, and Z, then we're going to do this for you. And you did X, Y, and Z, but you didn't get one, two, and three. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? We live in a world full of promise breakers. We live in a world where people lie and promises don't mean anything. So what we do without realizing it, listen, if you're listening, say I am, is we take that, that broken promise mindset and apply it to the Word of God. And so we don't, we're not walking with everything that God wants us to walk with because we don't fully believe the promises of God because nobody's ever kept one for us yet. And so, man, this is a deal. We've got to know that God will keep his promises. Therefore, that you can pray believing, that you can pray trusting that God is going to do what God wants to do. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says this. <coughs> Excuse me. God is not a man that he should lie. What do men do? What do women do too? Come on, ladies. We're equal opportunity bashers here. They lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Does God keep his word? Absolutely. You can believe it, receive it, trust it, see it and seize it. Now, even if you're not a Christian yet, a Christ follower, just hang around because you will be. Okay, you will be. But even if you're not a Christ follower yet, you're on a spiritual journey. And, and we're on this journey, even if you're not a believer, there's a spiritual quest going on. We're pondering, we have questions that we think about. Is heaven real? Is hell real? Because if they're both real, I'm pretty sure I don't want to go to hell and I'd rather go to heaven. And so we wonder about, why am I here? Why was I made? What's, is this Bible really true? Now listen. In many churches, you can't ask those questions. That's why we're here. So you can ask the questions. And you get in a group of people so that you can ask, a believer so that you can ask questions. Listen, don't go to the internet to, to find your biblical. Go to a, it's like going to your broke uncle to borrow money. Don't do that. <laughs> or for financial advice. Don't, we, that's why we get in groups and we train our group leaders. And so, and so it's okay to ask questions. Amen? I'm going to do a series this year on doubt, the hidden, the, the hidden shame in the church. Because we have doubts, but we're afraid to ask. We're, we're afraid. Some of us are in survival mode. We're making it from light bill to light bill, car note to car note, house note to house note. We get Friday, just can't wait till it's, till it's Friday night, we're off. Bible says in the end times, then the morning they'll wish for night, and the night they'll wish it was morning. And that's where people are just hanging on, just existing. 
Some people are in a rut doing the same thing. Some people are in a spiritual rut, going through the emotions, going, just going through the emotions, going to church, going to this, do, read my Bible, going and going and going and going and going. And, and, and let me just warn you that the spiritual disciplines in, you know, if you develop a growth plan, devoid of the voice of God are death. It's a form of godliness that's denied the power thereof. Therefore, if I'm reading my Bible and I've gone a few days and I haven't sensed God speak to me, I'm going to stop saying, now, listen, God, I can't do these disciplines without the voice of you or I'll become a Pharisee. And church has got more than enough Pharisees already. I don't need to be one. And so I need you to speak to me. You said you would. You said you'd feel me, so here I am. See, when you know the promises of God and believe that God's a promise keeper, you can pray God's promises back to God and God will fulfill his promise in you. See, so, so some of us, men are rut. We need, a, we need a vibrant spiritual experience. And that's what we're going to have in these four cups. It's not God's will that you survive. It's God's will that you thrive. We all want to advance on the spiritual journey, and that's what we're going to do together. Now, about the Word, I want you to you think about this. It's okay to think your faith promise church. The, the, the four promises that I read to you out of Exodus 6, 6, and 7 were made to slaves. They were made to people that had been slaves for almost 400 years. Now, I want you to think about this. There were 10, 40-year generations of slaves. And God gives them four promises. He's going to redeem them, restore them. He's going to bless them. He's going to make them his people. And you know what, those, you know what many of those people thought? Fat chance. See, because all they'd ever known was slavery. They couldn't fathom freedom. And some of you here can't fathom freedom. I mean, you just just can't fathom it. We live in the Appalachian region of America. It's the poorest region in the United States of America, the poorest region. And you you know two of the spirits that preside over this region, one is a spirit of abandonment because so many people don't have dads. And the curse of fatherlessness has struck East Tennessee. Which, wait, whenever there's not many dads, it's always poor, there's always more drugs, it's always more violence, there's always more crime, there's always all that stuff and there's no dad. It's a curse of fatherlessness. And because many people didn't have dads, they project that lack of dad onto God that my dad left me and so will my God. Are you with me? See, that spirit is prevalent. There's also a spirit of poverty in this region. Well, I grew up poor, therefore I'll always be poor. I never had anything. My dad never had anything. My papa never had anything. His daddy never had anything. We'll always be poor. Not if you believe the word of the living God. You won't. And so we, we need to understand that these slaves were getting this message. And we need to know that God can move. I don't care what your family's done. You can have a different life. I don't care if you don't have an education. I don't care where you've been. God can bless you. God can fill you. God can give you wisdom. God can open doors that no man can shut. God can bless you to the degree that you can't even contain it all. We got to believe the promises, church. We got to believe God's a promise keeper, not a promise breaker. Now, Jesus is sharing the meal with the boys. It's the Passover meal. They shared it in the upper room. And, 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 and out of this Passover meal comes the Lord's Supper. Now, many of us, again, we're not big on the Older Testament, but the Old Testament is full of types and shadows. And it, the Old Testament gives us a foundation for our New Testament understanding and sacrifice and what Jesus did and all that kind of stuff. You need to understand the Older Testament. Are you with me? 
That's why our Bible reading record has Old Testament, New Testament, and Psalms, and Proverbs. Because out of one of those four, you can get something good. I mean, you know, you can, you can get lost in the furniture in the tabernacle. It doesn't light my fire either, okay? Hey, there's... But there's great symbolism. There's some great stuff in it. And if that doesn't lie, I'm over here in Matthew or Mark or Luke or I'm somewhere else. Then I'm getting a psalm and a Proverbs. If you're still on the Bible reading plan, let see your hand. Don't lie. You'll be struck dead. All right, come on. If you're not on it, get on it. Don't try to catch up. You'll never make it. Just get in where you are today. All right? Go to the website. Go to, you know, you'll find it, all that kind of stuff, and, and it'll be great. Does that make sense? Now, This Lord's Supper was built around the four I wills of God. 3,500 years later, they're still talking about the four I wills of the 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 Passover or the Seder Supper. And so that's that's what God is doing. Now, you and I are Gentiles, right? There may be a few Jews, but most of us are Gentiles. And we are grafted into the promises of the Old Testament by the shed blood of Jesus. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood poured out for you. We are grafted in, so therefore all the promises are for us. Now, if I had time, which we don't, I would take you to the New Testament and find all four of those promises because they're there in spades. But for the next five weeks, we are going to drink deeply of all four cups. And you need to be in a group, so when this service is over, I want you to, if you're not in a group, I want you to go out through those doors, go to our next steps area at every, at every campus, and connect you to a group because you're going to miss it if you're not there. Now, let me just, if you're a note taker, and note takers always learn more, let me give you the four cups. We're going to spend a week on each four, but I'm going to give you, number one is the cup of sanctification. Big Bible word. The word only means set apart. That's what it means, set apart. It's just set apart. And, and, and God set, he sets people apart. He told them, I will bring you out from the Egyptian bondage. And what we do is we, as we do the Great Commission, as we lead people to Jesus, as 325 people that follow Lord and believers' baptism, they drank the first cup. And let me tell you what they were. They were immediately set apart. Sanctification doesn't mean perfection. It means you are set apart for a different function or purpose. And so we saw it last week with the hundreds. Number two, the second cup is the cup of deliverance. 7,000 people this weekend. Do you think some people need to be delivered from some junk in a trunk? No question about it. He said, I will free you from being slaves. Now, this is the deal. God took, God took the Israelites out of Egypt, but the Egypt was still in the Israelites. And many of you drank from the first cup. You drank from the cup of sanctification, but you're, but you're still full of stinking thinking. And we need to get Egypt out of you. We got a slavery mindset still going on. These guys were slaves when they got the four promises. And that's why, the, that's why that Pentateuch is so thick, the first five books of the Bible, because those people did not know how to think for themselves because they had been slaves for so long. And we've got a slavery mindset. We've got to break that. I hear it all the time. Well, I can never, I couldn't be, and God won't do this, and I can never make that, and you don't understand poor pitiful me, and I just know, okay, you don't understand the way. You don't understand how, you don't understand God or the ways of God or the book of God. So we need the discipleship is learning how to rethink. Does that make sense? It's messy. So we don't do that in the big room with, you know, 1,200 people in the room. We do that around a coffee table with a pot of coffee or Diet Coke or a lemonade or water. Not around the hookah pipe or a Budweiser. It's not Bud time. It's Bible time. And so 
And so we, we gather around and, 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 and we learn. It's messy, though. You can't ask questions here, but you can in group. Hey, tell me what I don't understand and what does that mean? And I thought this and help me understand that. Again, that's where we learn. Not on the Internet, not from your uncle who's never been to church. Get around people who know the Word. Are you with me? Somebody in the house. All right, cut number three. Cut number three is a cup of what? Redemption. God said, I will redeem you. <clears throat> I will buy you. By my strong right arm and great acts of judgment, I will. Why? I'll redeem you because I will restore you to a blessed life. I want to take you from slavery to freedom. I want to take you from being slave to the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Houses you didn't build, cities you didn't build, farms you didn't plant. Uh, you're going to go in and you are going to be wealthy. You're going to move into this. See, God took them from slaves and put them into this glorious place. Yeah, and that's what God wants to do. He wants to bless us, and he wants us to learn his purpose for us. Does that make sense? Your purpose in the kingdom. Cup number four is a cup of praise. Those people that are in the family of God are worshipers. And as we are enveloped into the larger plan of God, we learn that we will make a difference. We made a difference last weekend on lives. We're making a difference in our groups and in every campus. We're making a difference. And you're going to make a larger impact as you realize, as you drink from the four cups, and as you get all this, you're going to, you're going to walk in. Does that, does that make sense? Now, let me tell you about the Passover meal. The Passover meal was never, been, was never meant to be eaten alone. The Bible says, you come in, you kill a lamb. Take the blood of the lamb, put it on your doorpost and the lentil, and the death angel is coming. And there are already nine plagues, and now there's about to be the last one. They're still slaves. It's the last night of being slaves. And God said, the death angel will pass over every home that the blood is on the door. And on every home that the blood is not on the door, I will kill every, first, every firstborn in every house. So they are there. They're, so they're told, celebrate the Passover. There's so much stuff in that Passover, it's unbelievable. The bitter herbs because of slavery, all that kind of stuff. But, and so he said, gather all your family. If there's not enough, if, if the lamb is too much because you're not going to save any of the lamb, invite your neighbors. See, the Lord's Supper, like the Lord's table, and like everything we do, is communal. We are a family, and we are better together. We do life together. We do ministry together. We pray for each other. We bear one of those burdens. When one of us suffer, we all suffer. When one of us rejoices, we all rejoice. In a church of this side, there's always some rejoicing, and there's always some grieving. Are you with me? And so we grieve with those that grieve, but we rejoice with those who rejoice. And in that process, we help these brand new believers grow up. We help them. We, we speak into their lives. We, we're there for them. We put our arm in. You say, but I don't know what to say. Listen. Listen, do you think I just woke up one day and knew how to walk in a hospital room with somebody struggling and suffering and know the right words? Do you think I know when some woman comes you know, to the church or Back when ACU counseling said my husband was unfaithful, what am I supposed to do? Do you know most of the time all I do is put my arm around somebody and say, I love you, and I'm praying for you, and I don't have really any words to say. Be aware of Christian platitudes in the middle when all hell's broken loose. When somebody's struggling and suffering, don't say, well, God works all things together. I will smack you naked and hide your clothes. Nobody wants, nobody wants to hear that. They just want to know you care. They just want to know you're praying. They just want to know it's going to get better. 
They just want to know that the situation they're in is not going to last forever. And so we do that together. We help these new believers grow. So if you're not in a group again, I just want to challenge you, get involved with a group. Come on. Don't miss a weekend. Can you imagine what's going to happen for everybody that drinks all four cups? Now, there's some people that are here this weekend that maybe you were here last week and you really wanted to give your heart to Jesus, but it was a battle that you lost. Well, I'm so glad you're back because we're going to give you another chance. A sweet, dear lady, after the last service, come up to me and said, I'm so struggling with my salvation. I don't know if I'm in. I'm struggling. Pastor, help me. She said, I talked to another pastor. He told me I was okay. I said, well, he lied. He meant, well, he's just a very stupid man. I said, I don't know if you're saved or not, but I do know this. If you're struggling, let's settle it today. Let's settle it today. Amen? Let's just settle it today. And she said, are you going to lead me? I said, no, ma'am, you're going to pray out loud. I'm listening. Go ahead. Because, see, this is a lady who had been in church who understood, who, who, who got the gospel. I said, no. And she wept her way, sitting in the front row right over there about an hour ago, just wept her way into the kingdom of God. So maybe you're struggling. Listen, maybe you're struggling. Settle it. You say, but, you know, what about the past? Who gives a rip about the past? Who cares whether you were saved at 8 or 80? Who cares? Who cares? What matters is today, today is the salvation. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Come on. So if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, you're struggling, or, man, you, you know that you've never taken that leap of faith, and you're ready to turn from your sin and turn to Jesus. You're ready to leave an old life to a new life. You're ready to, to, to make Jesus the Lord of your heart. If you're ready, Romans 10, 13, if you'll call out, he's ready to save. And, hey, let me, we're going to talk about it next week. It's got number one, baby. You're going to be set apart for God. So... Every campus, with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody praying alone, we're going to pray with you. I'm not going to do to you what I did to that lady. <laughs> but that's just what the Spirit of the Lord told me to do in that very moment. And it, it so affirmed her and her walk. So we're going to pray right now. So faith promises, pray aloud. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, boss and ruler. You died for me. You rose from the grave. And now by faith, I will live for you. Help me to drink all four cups. Help me to believe your promises and to walk in freedom. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Now, if you gave your heart to Jesus, there's going to be campus pastors down front, or you can take the communication card and fill that out, drop in the offering box when you leave. If you're not involved with the group, either take the communication card. It'd really be better if you go to Next Steps, because the alignment starts this weekend, and the first lesson, it's going to help you to be involved in that in groups, and so they're going to be out there. Listen, can you imagine what God's going to do in the next four weeks? Is it going to rock our lives? Is our God big time? So there's going to be people down here for you. Man, we love you. I'm so proud of you as your pastor, as a church. I believe the best is yet to come. We have just scratched the service. So this week, 
You walk as a set-apart vessel of God. You walk in the power of God. You walk in the anointing of God. You walk in the favor of God. You walk in the miraculous of God. You walk under an open heaven listening to the voice of God, the heart of God, the word of God, and the will of God. And this will be your best week yet in Jesus' name. I love you. We'll see you next weekend.